I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right. Good morning, afternoon, evening. Brunch time, lunch time, solo in the studio time. That's always a little bit weird time. That's okay. Sometimes life is weird time, and we'll make it work time. Whatever time of day it is, boys and girls, it's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a Saturday evening. A lot of unusual things happening right now. First off, we're recording a podcast on a Saturday night, and it's not a breaking news podcast, or a post-game podcast. Secondly, I am in the studio, not just in the studio here by myself, but there's no uh, no one on the other end, no co-workers, no guests or anything right now, so that's always a little bit weird. You know, for years, none, none of this ever felt weird going from the whole radio thing to the podcast thing. None of it was ever really that weird, to be honest, and until you have to record things like this by yourself in a room. I don't know why that's so weird, but it just, it just kind of is, you know, you're used to hearing a, you know, kind of a producer on the other end during the radio days, or there's someone sitting there in the studio with you. There's always someone else there. So when you're sitting here, just kind of piloting things solo, it's always a, always a little bit weird, especially when you don't love the sound of your own voice, which I don't, and really no one else likes the sound of this voice anyways. Nonetheless, here we are, uh, probably about a day, maybe two days later than we wanted to bring the the second podcast of the week to you. Apologies for that. Working through some things with the preseason schedule and trying to get some things sorted out or sorted out, as they might say, north of the border. If you are a, a family member or friend of Tennessee senior receiver Josh Palmer from Canada, but there's uh, we're going to do things a little bit differently in this episode. Rather than than bring on the guys again and and have another conversation with coworkers. Uh, Patrick Brown, Grant Ramey, and Ryan Callahan. It's the weekend. Uh, the The season's about to start. You know, let, let them be with their families. We're just going to do things a little bit differently this time. Even though I say that, and Ramey's texting me some nonsense right now, so maybe there's maybe there's nothing better he could be doing right now. Uh, but just wanted to to quickly do a quick intro here, mention a couple things because what we're going to do on this podcast is we're just going to play some interviews uh, that we've gotten this week from Tennessee players. Going to have sophomore. Linebacker Henry Toto going to have uh, senior center Brandon Kennedy and sophomore running back Eric Gray uh, to hear their thoughts on kind of football being played this fall for the SEC. At least that's the schedule as it stands now. Get their thoughts on what kind of a, a weird few months it's been, uh, how things are going in camp early on, how they're adjusting to you know kind of some of the different face masks they're wearing and, and wearing masks around the building and you know, having to keep everything six feet apart as best they can if they're not actually playing football. There's a lot of different things going on right now, and I think y'all probably want to hear a little bit from them as well, not just us telling you what they're saying, but actually hearing their own words. I've always thought that there was a a real tangible value to hearing kind of the unedited uh, version of an interview. That way you're not just listening to someone's quotes. Uh, you're not just uh, or you're not just hearing parts of it or reading parts of it. You're hearing the questions. You're hearing the answers. I, I think that helps a lot of times when you're trying to when, when you're trying to get full perspective on things. And, and so that's what we're going to do with this podcast. Uh, just going to play some interviews for you in just a second. Going to mention a couple of breaking, not breaking news, I shouldn't say, but just some news of the week. Tennessee's still waiting on hearing what's going to happen with uh, Georgia transfer offensive lineman Cade Mays from Knoxville Catholic High School, former five-star prospect. Tennessee's still very frustrated that he hasn't been cleared uh, to play so far uh, this season, the NCAA, in a season where a lot of eligibility stuff's not counting anyway. Uh, you know, we know the we know the backstory there. We know how unusual this is. We know how kind of bizarre it is, really, that Tennessee's uh, having to deal with this. I, I certainly didn't think the NCAA was going to handle it this way, but 
but they have to this point. Uh, I don't think Georgia's doing them too many favors right now. But but why would Georgia? That's that that's not something that helps Georgia. If you're if you're Tennessee and you're flipping that script around, I, I don't know uh, that you would be handling it anything di- any any differently. You know, but but with the ongoing you know lawsuit with Mays and his or Mays family in Georgia, and it it just seems like this is something the NCAA could handle really quickly, and they haven't done that. Uh, so we're going to hear later in the weekend, uh, we're going to play the interview from Tennessee head coach Jeremy Pruitt, certainly get his thoughts on that. He is not pleased with the situation, but that is what it is right now. There, there's nothing really uh, that they can do but just continue to appeal, which they are doing, and then wait on hopefully hearing a better result. So we'll have more from that going forward. Certainly no news as of the time I'm recording this, which is around 730 or so Eastern on Saturday night. Uh, so so nothing new there, just on trying to work through all of that. Uh, the Vols did have practice today, but there was no uh, media availability for it. Obviously, we're not going to be uh, involved in going to any of the practices uh, for the time being, uh, but normally there are some photos sent, some video sent, some B-roll stuff, and then uh, we, we get some interviews after practice on, on Zoom. That's not the case right now. Uh, on this Saturday, they're just kind of keeping everything in-house uh, on the second day in shells. But Monday, uh, after they're taking Sunday off, Monday will be the first day in full pads, and Tennessee is going to send videos and, and photos for, from anything that, that they get from there. Uh, certainly, they're going to be editing that footage, I would imagine. But But we're still talking to sources. We're listening to what's going on at practice. We will bring you updates on things like that uh, as they go forward, but it's going to be an, uh, a really unusual season in that way. Uh, there's no question about it. Uh, happy to be covering a season. Certainly Tennessee's happy to be playing in a season. As of right now, scheduled to be playing in a season anyway, so not going to be too uh, – not going to have too many complaints about that. That's It's, it's good that they're playing, I think, and it, it, it's good for them. That's the important thing, and, and we'll try to bring you – uh, the most information that we can. It's certainly going to be a little bit different this fall, uh, even on Saturdays with game access. But we're gonna we're gonna make all that work. We're gonna we're gonna bring this news to you almost like uh, the world isn't collapsing. So that's what we're trying to do at Go Boss twenty four seven. A couple more quick notes. One, uh, Tennessee freshman quarterback Harrison Bailey uh, have not gotten his status as of this weekend, but he did not participate in the first three practices of preseason camp. Uh, he's one of the players that's been in the social quarantine. For COVID-19, Jeremy Pruitt confirmed that. Uh, It's not clear whether Bailey is one of the 23 positive tests Tennessee's had since the beginning of the pandemic or social, uh, I guess you would call it the contact tracing, uh, if if that was the reason that he got put into the protocol. Not quite sure uh, what the situation is there, but we know that uh, he seems to be fine. He's been on social media like everything's okay. Don't think there's anything too, too terribly concerning about that right now. But the fact is, Tennessee's got a quarterback battle going on, and, and Bailey, a uh, top 100 overall prospect, one of the top freshman quarterback prospects in the country, is a guy who uh, was expected to be competing for that spot. Uh, but then you look at what happened this spring, and he enrolls in, in January, which gets people fired up. Uh, but then there are you know just a couple of spring camp practices, and then spring gets shut down. The guys have to go home for a while. Then they come back and start working out, and he's missed the first three practices of preseason camp. So uh, it just kind of seems like things uh, are kind of conspiring to keep him out of the race right now. Uh, But he's a really talented kid. He's already probably the biggest quarterback on the roster. He's a guy who, if he can get in there, we'll see if he can compete. Right now, my stance is still the same. I think it's Jared Garantano's battle to lose. I think the ball's in his court, and he's going to have to to do something uh, pretty spectacularly bad, to, or someone else is going to have to do something spectacularly good to to really change that battle. So those are the couple of the biggest uh, news items of the week. Uh, certainly, you'll hear some things coming out of these interviews with the players, uh, but that's basically the the big news going on right now. I should add maybe one more thing to Mary McDonald, the freshman uh, from Memphis, one of those three talented Memphis uh, teammates uh, to come to Tennessee. Uh, he is a guy who has had some surgery uh, on his shoulder, I believe, and he will be out for this season. He's going to redshirt. Uh, not not huge news there. I don't know if he was going to do much more than maybe special teams this season anyway. Uh, but he's a guy who uh, is versatile. He's a guy who I like as a prospect, and so certainly hoping that he gets healthy through surgery and everything else. But with that out of the way, I think it's time to go ahead and get to the interviews. We're going to get one before the break and then two after the break. We're going to start right now, though, uh, with Tennessee sophomore linebacker Henry Toa This is a guy who is on pretty much every defensive uh, preseason watch list in terms of the major awards. This is a guy who had a big, big freshman season at Tennessee and a guy who 
I think we all know has a really bright future. So let's go ahead and hear from him how camp's going, how he's doing, how the offseason was, spending part of it at home in California and and then part of it back in Knoxville and, and sort of what his plans are uh, without Daniel Batuli there to help him at inside linebacker. So there's lots of interesting things in this interview. And let's get to it. Here's Tennessee sophomore linebacker Henry Toto. Henry, you can hear us? Yep, I'm ready. Perfect. All right, we'll start uh, questions for Henry. Uh, again, raise your hand and, and we'll call on you and we'll start with Trey Wallace. Henry, good afternoon to you. Uh, this this whole offseason and, and getting to fall camp, I know that you stayed out in California a little bit longer uh, than maybe their, your teammates and whatnot, but what was that experience like being out west during everything that was going on and then finally being able to travel back to Knoxville, be around your teammates more. Uh, can you walk me through that? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, these are crazy times. And, you know, these are probably not times we want to be in. But uh, for me, it was, a, it was a good thing for me because I was able to be around my family a lot more. Um, being so far away from my family, I was able to spend time with them, um, watch my little brothers grow up. I worked them out. I worked my sisters out a lot more. Um, so I kind of grew a relationship with my family that I'm truly thankful for during this time of quarantine. Um, but, you know, I was there and then coming back to Nashville, being able to see my, my team after about three months, you know, I, I missed them. So being able to see the boys, work out with the boys again, um, I was happy. I was, I was juiced. Let's go to Rick Russo, followed by Vince Ferrar. Hey, Henry, good to talk to you again. Um, how fortunate do you guys feel as a team? You see what's happening to other conferences, other teams not being able to play. Um, how fortunate are you guys or feel to actually be out there in practice and, 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 and hopeful that you can keep moving forward and, and start a season on September 26th? Yeah, I mean, it's huge. It's a blessing to be able to um, have such a great medical staff um, that supports us, um, that wants the best for us, that know, that keeps us updated every single day um, of what's going on and how this virus can spread and how we can prevent it from reaching our team. Um, so, um, we feel really fortunate to be able to go out there and play some ball. You know, it's not just us. I know the entire world misses playing, misses football. So uh, we just got to take advantage of it. We got to do the right things. We got to be responsible. Um, Coach Pruitt tells us all the time, um, act like pros now. So we got to do the right things. Um, just be able to be responsible and, and do the things so that we can have a season. Vince? Hey, Henry, good to talk to you. Uh, for There's a lot of coaches that have talked about how those that are continuing on with football, are the players are safer inside their facility and working on, on playing football. Can you, for people that maybe on the outside don't recognize what that is, can you give some examples of some of the things that help you guys feel safe, whether it's technology or you know, mask or, or whatever that you can kind of share what it's like in terms of health and safety measures inside the facility? Uh, shoot. For, um, for a lot of players, um, and I can count myself in this, um, if we were to be able to go home, um, who knows what we would be doing? Um, we wouldn't be on a time schedule. We wouldn't be um, responsible to go to things and be held accountable to be able to do things on our own. Um, so we'll probably be out um, doing things, traveling, um, probably doing something with our family that we shouldn't be doing um, here. You know what I mean? So um, being able to be here, um, having the medical staff <clears throat> and being able to have practice, um, know that your teammates are around you, counting on you to do the right thing um, day in, day out. Um, so a lot of people would go home and not have a safe environment to be in. You know what I mean? And you guys seen that all throughout Twitter. Um, in the social media that people um, want to be here. They want to be here. It feels like a safe environment. And I can speak that for myself, but I feel safe here. Um, I feel that the medical staff has done a tremendous job to be able to ensure my safety, and I, and I trust them with all that I got. We'll go Brent Hubs, followed by Mike Wilson. Henry, how normal has this week felt, and how relieving is that? Uh, how stressed has the last few weeks, months of your guys' lives been? Can you give kind of a feel for that? Uh, shoot. You know, the past three months have just been, like, all over the place. Um, a lot of uncertainty. So to be able to come back this week and to be able to play ball, um, it gives us, like, a sense of normality. Um, we're out there balling like we always do on a daily basis. We're out there playing with each other. 
Um, so it feels good. It feels, it's a blessing to be able to be out there. Um, you know, I, I can't really put it into words on how it feels to be able to be out there and play some ball. Um, you just got to feel it. And, you know, if you were in our shoes, you would understand. As a follow-up, do, do you feel mentally behind or physically behind? Or do you feel like you're kind of where you need to be? Or even in some ways, maybe mentally ahead with the OTAs? Where, where do you feel like you are football-wise right now? Uh, football-wise, um, Mentally-wise, we did a great job as a team, um, as a defense and an offensive unit to be able to hold Zoom meetings while we were on quarantine. So we were on Zoom, um, getting the same film work in, um, holding each other accountable, making sure that everybody's camera was on, making sure that everybody was answering questions. Um, you know, we did a tremendous job. So mentally-wise, I feel like we all did a great job. Um, we came in and got on day one install and we rolled from there. Uh, Physically-wise, you know, I feel like I did a good job being able to come back physically. Um, and I did, I think the team did actually a good job too. They came back stronger. Um, we came back working out with AJ and we did a really good job as a team um, being conditioned and being uh, physically strong. Mike? Henry, what's uh, what's life been like so far without Daniel Batuli around? And what's the, the chemistry like between you and Q? Is there anything you guys did this this offseason to kind of work on building you guys as a partnership now in the middle? Yeah, I mean, you know, me and Dan Batuli had a, a, a brother a brotherhood bond. Um, but, you know, that was last year. Um, it's time to focus on, you know, this year. And, you know, me and Q, I mean, it's not only just me and Q, it's our whole entire LB room. Um, you know, we all came together as one. Um, we all know that we have to fill in the shoes of Danny Batuli. So we all kind of put in that extra work, that extra time. Um, so it's not necessarily only two people. It's the entire LB room. Um, that The guys that we have in there were doing a tremendous job of kind of picking up the lack that, that Batuli left off with us. So, you know, now it's on to us to be able to carry that torch. As, as a follow-up, is, is that something you've kind of put on yourself, is taking those leadership shoes and leading everyone forward? Oh, yes, sir. Um, I feel like I can do a lot more. Um, I feel like since I was – um, I seen Batuli lead. I seen the way that he did things on and off the field. Um, he did everything right. So um, I just want to be able to do what he did. Um, you know, he he showed me the ways, and I just want to excel his expectations from now. We'll go to Jordan at WATE, followed by David Oven. Henry, I know in the spring you had talked about being excited that Coach Niedermeyer was making the transition to inside linebackers coach to, to kind of have a few practices with him under your belt. What's it like working with him directly, and, and what does he kind of bring to that room? Sure. If you know Niedermeyer, um, he's a real, real juiced guy. Um, he's excited about every single thing that we do. Um, so, you know, it's a blessing to be able to have him recruit me and have me as a coach because he hasn't changed. He's still the same president that, um, that I know and that I met since day one. Um, he's a really smart guy. He brings smarts to the table. He knows the schemes. He knows how a linebacker is supposed to be played. Um, so being able to have Niedermeyer there has been a true blessing. So um, one thing I love about him, he's, he brings that juice every single day. He wants the best out of us every single day, whether it be watching film, on the field, running to the ball, um, the littlest things like our steps. You know, So it's a true blessing to have such a, a great coach like him. David? Uh, Henry, what would you make of the status of the, the inside linebacker group and, and who do you expect to kind of see beside you most often this fall? Uh, shoot, I mean, that's not my question to answer. Um, I have no right to say who I want to be by beside me. Um, you know, you know, we're, we're all players and we're all here to ball. We're all here to play football. <clears throat> and I think, uh, like I told you guys before, our inside linebacker core group has done a great job going from um, the older guys to the younger guys. Um, we've all done a tremendous job of playing, um, getting in that extra work. We, we were here about until 9 o'clock watching film yesterday as a unit. So, um, you know, that's not room for me to say anything about. But, you know, I know that whoever is in that game or whoever is playing in the game or in practice, I know that they're going to give it their all. I know that they're going to um, they're gonna know what they're doing. Thanks. We'll go to Austin Price followed by Blake. Henry, you got two questions. You know a lot of guys that play in the Pac-12 how much have you talked to them since the decision came down, uh, you know, about the fact they wouldn't play and just, you know, what's the mood there for those kids that are maybe some acquaintance or friends of yours? And then two, the coaches spent so much of last class, of the last recruiting class focused on getting you some help, getting Q some help, and getting that to be a much deeper room. When you look around the linebacker room now, how different is it as far as bodies and, and just, you know, the talent that's around you? 
Um, so to answer your first question, a lot of people in the Pac-12 that I know, um, they're pretty bummed, uh, to be honest with you. A lot of a lot of my family, I have a lot of family in the Pac-12, so um, just being able to talk to them, um, they also too want a season. They also too wanted to play, but um, you know that wasn't their call to make. So uh, I mean, what they're doing now, they're probably working as hard as their butts off right now. Um, so when their season does time to come, when it's time for them to play, they're all they're going to excel. Um, to answer, your, can you repeat your second question again? Yeah, just uh, when you look around the room now, at the linebacker room, just talk about the depth in there. You know, there's a lot more bodies in there than there was a year ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we got a lot of depth. Um, we got guys like Jeremy Banks in there. We got guys like Bryson East and um, Martavius French. We got Aaron Beasley, Solon Page. Um, so guys like that to be able to incorporate in the game, we all have our different skill sets. We all have our unique types of plays that we can do. Um, and we all know our strengths. So just to be able to have guys like that in the room makes us stronger as a unit. So um, we know that whoever's in the game, whoever's out there is going to do what they need to do. Blake? Hey, Henry. I uh, had two questions as well. Um, you mentioned Jeremy Banks. Uh, you know, since he's been back with the program, what's your observations been of, uh, you know, how he's, how he's carried himself, how he's doing? And then second question, you know, I know you guys had some positive tests after the 4th of July weekend, and Coach Pruitt said that was a, a learning experience for the team. Did, did players have any conversations about that or, or you know, any changes in, in how you guys conducted yourselves after the 4th? Yeah, um, Jeremy Banks, you know, that's, that's my guy. That's my brother right there. So, you know, we spent a lot of time together. Uh, he's grown, and with, um, we're here to support him. Everything that he does – um, we're here supporting him. We're here to help him grow. And, you know, Jeremy Banks has done a great job. He's a changed man. So um, he's on the field. He's helping us tremendously on the field. Um, you know, so it's a true blessing to have him out there with us. And as far as the July 4th having those positive tests, you know, we knew that coming back there was going to be some guys that tested positive. So um, we kind of just told each other after the 4th, be aware, be responsible, and act like pros, like Coach Pruitt would tell us all the time. Act like pros. Be a pro. Um, go out there and play your play. You want to play ball. So if you're going to go out there and try to, you know, ruin that for not only yourself, but the entire team, um, it's not a smart thing to do. So, um, so we kind of just made a promise to each other that we're going to do the right thing all the time. So I, I think we've been doing a, a pretty good job of that. We'll go to Eric Kane, followed by Luis Fernandez. Hey, Henry, um, for you and for everyone else, uh, kind of how, how different is it coming into this camp, a very experienced unit compared to last season? How comfortable are you guys uh, now coming into this new season, knowing the schemes and everything defensively for uh, Coach Ansley and Pruitt? Yeah, uh, we're doing a, our defensive unit. You know, we, we know what the coaches expect now, um, and we also know what we can do. Um, we know that's kind of the biggest thing. Um, we're trying to be – the, the coaches on the field. We know the knowledge that the coaches know. Um, so now it's just on us to be able to go out and execute it and be able to make the calls. You know, we know all the plays in the playbook, but it's now trying to focus on the little details that we have um, and just be able to execute. That's the biggest thing. You, you know what you're doing, but just go out there and execute now. Lewis? Hey, Henry. Uh, that weekend where it seemed like the college football world was, was falling apart, and some of the conferences, the rumors first started to swirl. Uh, you were one of the first Tennessee players to tweet out, we want to play. What was that weekend like for you? And it may seem silly, but why tweet out that statement? Why make that known? Um, shoot, you know, we've been through so much um, the past three months. We've done so much to be able to get to the point where we're at now. Um, so a lot of people has felt that way, has been that way for a while. Um, so we, for me, it was, um, I put so much work in, um, done so much to get to the point where I'm at now to be able to come back to campus, to be able to feel confident in the medical staff, which they've done a tremendous job of um, keeping us updated. But um, it's, it's a sign of normality for us um, to be able to play ball, to be able to be around the people that we love, you know what I mean? To be able to um, do the thing that we love is able to come out here and play ball. So um, that's, that's kind of the biggest reason why it was for me. Thank you. We'll go back to Vince and then we'll go to Matt Ray. 
Henry, talk about where your body's at right now. Did you add weight? Did you lose weight, lose any body fat, anything like that in terms of diet? What What's different or improved about your body this year? Uh, my whole goal throughout this offseason, I wanted to lose about um, 10 to 12 pounds. So I was leaving. I left when we were on quarantine. I was about 240. Um, I came back weighing 228, 225. So that's kind of where I want to be. Um, I wanted more lean mass, more muscle. <clears throat> and I feel like uh, AJ has put us through a, a great job, um, a great workout while we're at home to, for us to do. Um, he sent us workouts every single day um, for guys that didn't have weights, for guys that did have weights. So uh, being able to follow his program, um, you know, it really changed my body and really changed um, the way I'm playing now, um, being able to move faster. Quick follow-up, what's the difference between uh... – AJ and coach coach Fitz before that. Uh, I mean, they're both great coaches. You know, we're, we're blessed as a Tennessee um, program to have two great coaches. You know what I mean? To be able to have coaches that want the best for you every single day um, that wants you to do better every single day in and out. Um, but the difference really, uh, I mean, I can't really tell you a difference. Honestly, they're, they're I love both of them. So there's no one better than one another, um, in my opinion, because they both made me, or hone me into the player that I am now. You know what I mean? So um, it's a blessing to have guys like that in the program. Matt? Henry, Coach Pruitt mentioned how he's emphasized mental health throughout this process. What's his approach been like for you guys, and what's been the biggest takeaway for you you from how he and his staff have handled your return to football, especially with all these safety measures in place? Uh, Can you repeat that again, Matthew? I'm sorry. Yeah, um, Coach Pruitt mentioned a few times how he's emphasized mental health for you guys for, throughout this process. What's his approach been like in handling that, and what's been your biggest takeaway from that? Um, his biggest approach in that is if you need help, say something. You know, we have the support staff here at Tennessee that that will help you no matter what you're going through. Um, and he, he also tells us to lean on our brothers. Um, everybody here, um, teammates, the teammates that we have, um, he tries to tell us to lean on one another and come to the staff, come to him. You know, he, he's going to have his door wide open for, for us whenever we need him. So um, he's done a great job of having the support staff here for us whenever we need them. And our teammates has done a tremendous job too. Last question, Patrick Brown, and then we'll get Eric in here. Henry, you had a, a pretty good freshman season. I'm wondering when you went back and watched the film and uh, kind of reviewed your own individual play, what were some of the things that you said, hey, th- these are areas I can improve, and, and what have you been trying to focus on going into the season to make yourself an even better linebacker? Uh, getting stronger, um, being able to shut off blocks. Uh, that's kind of what I was mainly focused on this offseason, to be able to uh, put more muscle on and to be able to um, practice on my sh- uh, shedding blocks off. Um, I want to be able to engage the linemen and throw them off as quick as I can, as I can and get to the ball carrier. So um, that's kind of one, one thing I'm focusing on. And, that's a flaw that I've seen in my game. And, I mean, I have many flaws. So, um, trying to enhance my game throughout the entire season. And to follow up, you you kind of talked about being a leader for this defense. You're just a sophomore. Do you feel like a sophomore? Or do you feel like you uh, – because you've got so many younger guys at that linebacker position that are kind of following your lead, do you feel like you're a veteran even at this point of your career? Uh, I mean, I feel like a sophomore. Uh, but I just feel like I have to – um, play a bigger role now. I have to be able to lead the guys, um, no matter who it is. It, age doesn't matter when it's time to be a leader. Um, you got to be a leader, not only on the field, but off the field to be able to do the right things all the time. So, I mean, I wouldn't say I feel like a veteran. I wouldn't say I feel old, but I feel like that I have to, to lead. Now I have to do a better job of setting an example um, and to be able to confront guys when they're not doing the right things. That was Tennessee sophomore inside linebacker Henry Tooto. Lots of interesting things, as usual, came up in that interview. And as usual, he conducted himself really well. He, he kind of came in like a pro in that way. He just always has known how to handle himself. I guess maybe when you play at a place like De La Salle in California and you're one of the top uh, 30 or 40 or 50 prospects overall in the country, you're probably going to get used to doing some interviews and 
he, he was used to doing those when he got to Tennessee. He, uh, he handled those really well, uh, better than some of his older teammates, to be honest with you. So uh, lots of interesting things, as always, there. And we're going to have more coming up in just a second. We're going to hear from a couple more Tennessee players. But before we do that, we're going to take a quick step back, listen to some products and services and in-house ads and all those other fun things, pay some bills, and then come back and bring those interviews to you. So hang on just one second. We'll be right back. Hashtag ad. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them. And easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Welcome back to the Go Balls 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever products and services and in-house ad you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. West Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a Saturday evening, spending most of this podcast kind of giving the rest of the guys on the staff a break and uh, giving y'all some of the people you really want to listen to, which is obviously not me, but is Tennessee football players with, with camp going on now with certainly uh, an unusual season coming up. Uh, hopefully they, they get to play that. If they do, it starts September 26th. Sixth at South Carolina there at Williams Bryce Stadium. So uh, certainly uh, a lot of interesting things to discuss, and we're going to let the players spend most of this episode doing that. Before we do that, though, I'm going to remind you, please, please, please go in there and rate and review and subscribe to this podcast. We are so happy to bring this to you free of charge. We're, we're really happy to do it. It's a labor of love. One thing that we're going to ask, though, wherever you're listening to us, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, wherever you're listening to this, uh, Google Play also, wherever you're listening to this, please go in and hit that subscribe button. Please go in, take just a couple of minutes to rate and review this podcast. There is nothing you can do that will help us more than doing that. So I think it's a pretty good deal. We're, we're giving you this thing free of charge, and we're just asking that you go in and rate and review this because we can see the numbers. We know how many of y'all are listening to this, and we would like the ratings and reviewings to, to reflect that. So if you could please go in and do that, that would be great. That would help spread the love, uh, help add wolves to our wolf pack, and help us continue to take this thing forward. As promised, going to get right back to some Tennessee football interviews. We're going to start here with Tennessee sophomore running back Eric Gray, a kid who excited a lot of people coming in as a freshman there from Memphis, a kid who uh, I think played toward the end of his year like a guy who was really ready to, to take a big step forward and become perhaps one of the better backs in the SEC. Certainly was great in, in those season-ending games there against Vanderbilt and Indiana. So uh, what kind of offseason he's had, certainly – Ty Chandler's back also, but with Tim Jordan not in the picture anymore, uh, it's basically those two vets, uh, Chandler and then Eric Gray, and then you got some freshmen and some young guys coming in behind them. So it's a big, big season for Eric Gray. A lot of people think he could be on to, to bigger and better things here as a sophomore, a guy who could have a big year. So let's hear from him about that. Here's Tennessee sophomore running back Eric Gray. Eric, can you hear us? Yes, I can hear you. Perfect. All right, we'll, we'll fire away with questions, and we'll start with Jordan at WATE, followed by Trey Wallace. Hey, Eric. Last year when you came in as a freshman, I know there were quite a few changes that you had to adapt to and get used to. This year with the COVID-19 protocols and kind of the changing of the everyday, does it at all feel like an extension of your freshman year, kind of learning to adapt to yet again? Oh, yeah, definitely, for sure. Um, these are new circumstances that we are uh, facing and just trying to stay positive, um, bonding together with my teammates. And just like last year, the upperclassmen were helping me get through it. It's the same thing this year with, like, Ty and the coaches helping me get through it this year. Everybody's really bonding together just to get over COVID and just keep our mind chugging ahead to the season. Yeah. 
Bill, you ready for me? Yeah, fire away. Okay, sorry. cool. No, I'm sorry, Eric. This is Trey. Uh, when you look at the running back room that you have uh, this year, surrounding you and your and your teammates in the offensive line, what are some things that you guys did over the summer in these quote OTA voluntary type workouts that you're able to build upon for fall camp, especially with a deep offensive line that you had that could open some holes. We, we just tried to, we wanted to make sure we learned everything and we were perfect. Coach Graham harps on being perfect um, with check downs, with running the ball. Uh, those freshmen came in and they're very talented. They're coming in and they're pushing us every day, pushing me and Ty every day. And just us, me and Ty getting together and teaching them what we know. And Ty teaching me what he knows because he has a little bit more experience. And just going at it every day, getting with the offensive linemen and going over run schemes, going over pass schemes. So we're perfect. They're going to be perfect with that deep offensive line so we can just be perfect and do everything right. We'll go to Brent Hubbs followed by David Pascal. Eric, what's the first this week been like with Coach Graham? You only got one day on the practice field with him in the spring before everything was shut down. So has there been an adjustment there? And what's it like on the practice field with him? And then secondly, what is your focal point for your game? What what are you focused on the most and have been focused on the most? So with the first question, Coach Graham is a unbelievably great guy. Um, you can see the, the the experience that he has coaching running backs. He's taught me so much in just a short time that he's been here, just being able to read a front, read a defense, safety rotation, different things like that that I never really thought about, drawing on the boards. Um, he's really great with details. He really harps on the details, making sure you're aligned correctly, you hit the hole correctly you uh, press the backers correctly, different things like that, which is going to help you go to the next level. I think he's very great at on the field. He's a great guy when like you're not sure or you mess up on something, he can correct you right away and you can go back and do it again the right way. So he's good, great with that. And what was your second question? On oh, my focal point for the season. Um, my focal point for my game really is to is to really just take it to the next level. Um, my freshman year was a pretty good year, but I really want to take it to another level for my sophomore year, just being able to – one couldn't being able to break away from defenders, being that really game-changer this year. David? Eric, you, you think about baseball players wanting to hit 300. Running backs love those 1,000-yard seasons. Given that there are two fewer games this year and you're playing nothing but SEC defenses, how challenging would it be for, for one of you guys to – to get that 1000 yard season and, and how rewarding would it be? I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a great, we have to take care of our bodies for sure for that to happen. And it's going to be a great thing to do. If you can go out there and do it 10 SEC straight games and you can go out there and put a thousand yards up, who knows you can put 2000 yards up. If you can go out there and prove that you're that back playing 10 SEC games, no one has ever did that. And you'll be the first to do it. That'll be something special. And as a quick follow, when you think about Neyland, you're used to 100,000 fans. Obviously, Philip Foreman this past week said 25,000 would be likely. How weird of a scene do you think that will be for you guys, just kind of looking up and seeing one-fourth the crowd? That's definitely going to be different, but I think 25,000 is better than zero for sure. When you're in that stadium and no one is there, it's going to be better when 25,000 people are screaming. Because if you think about it, 25,000 is still a lot of people. And when you're in that stadium and you're focused on that game, I don't even hear the fans when I'm in the game. I'm just so focused and ready to go. Thank you. We'll go to Blake, followed by Vince. Hey, Eric, uh, what's your uh, impression been of, of T. Hodge, and, and uh, is there anything that sort of stands out uh, about what he's, he's able to bring to that position? He is. He has come in and been unbelievably professional. Um, he takes. He takes very this, the game very seriously. Um, he watches a lot of film. He studies me and Ty. He studies in the um, in the meeting rooms. He really wants to do well, and I think he's really going to do well. He's done a lot in a short span of getting here in the summer, and he's been doing great out there on the field. Two days watching him, he's adapting well. Eric, to follow up on T. Hodge and some of those freshmen. There's this narrative that because of the offseason, that freshmen might have a harder time playing this year because you didn't have as many practices and offseason work. But you guys have done so much with the OTAs, the Zoom videos, the teaching, things like that. Do you think that that's not a true narrative, that those guys are on par with normal as freshmen or even beyond? I think that's not true at all with that narrative because, like like I said, him and Jabari and everyone else that has came in, they have done a great job um, with learning. And they, when they came in, they were behind, but now they're up to speed. 
They're up to speed and they're doing everything just as me and Ty would. They're learning every day. They're getting better, learning from Coach Graham. Coach Graham has done an unbelievable job catching them up to speed, and they've really adapted well as well. All right, we'll go to Lewis, followed by Austin Price. Uh, Eric, with the way that last season ended for you and for the team in general, kind of riding high, having so many great games there to end things a row, uh, how do you stop yourself from kind of sipping the Kool-Aid? How do you put yourself in a position where you don't listen to all the accolades that you get at the end of the season and continue that to, to like you said, take it to a new level this year? Well, for me, it all kind of started in high school when, like, my 10th grade year, I got a lot of accolades. But now everyone was saying you're young, you're a 10th grader. But now you got to go do it again as 11th grader. And that really what if you wanted to be a great player, you have to be consistent. And that's what I look at. Um, Last season was a was a good season for me, but I don't think it was the season. It wasn't my best season. So my best season is yet to come. And just working hard for that, wanting to be one of the greatest players to ever play the game, wanting to be that, you got to know you got to be consistent all the time. You got to be consistent. You got to be perfect all the time. So last year was last year, but you got to do it again. And, and if I may follow up, how do you get more consistent? What do you need to do this year to bring about that level you want? And that's what in meeting rooms, if you saw my if you saw my notebook in meeting rooms, I write be perfect today, focus. And that's really the thing. Writing your goals down before you got to go do it and just going out there and doing you got to take each day by day and work as hard as you possibly can. And when you start to bond those days together, that's where you get consistency. Austin, thank you. Eric, Brent asked you about Jay, uh, not not to not Coach Johnson, but you mentioned that he's a he's the Coach Graham has coached running backs for a long time. Coach Johnson was just only in his first year coaching running backs last year. Where can you tell that difference? And then two, how has that helped you from a mentality standpoint? How are you different now on and off the field than maybe you were a year ago? Both of them are great coaches. Coach Graham and Coach uh, Johnson really taught me a lot. Coach Johnson taught me a lot as being a freshman and teaching me how to be a college back. And Coach Graham has just um, improved on that. He has just taking what I already learned and just taking it to another level and just kept it going. Um, I think I've learned a lot from both of them um, going into this season. I feel more prepared, more prepared than ever. Um, he has coach Graham has done a lot with, has done a lot with me and Ty, just making sure me Ty, and all the other running backs, just making sure that we are prepared when our numbers call, whatever they need us to do this season, that we're going to be ready to go no matter who we're playing. I will go to Gustavo, followed by David Ovid. Eric, I know SEC is going to be all SEC schedule, and Tennessee is going to face a lot of tough teams in NILA, you know, Florida, Texas A&M, Alabama. Are you looking forward to any specific game, or all the games are going to be the same? I think all the games are going to be the same for me. I'm really excited about playing this schedule. That's ultimately why I picked the SEC. That's ultimately why I sat down with my family and said I wanted to go to the SEC. Coming from a private school, you know, they say – well, he's doing this, but he doesn't play anyone. So that's why I ultimately chose the SEC. And this is the, the cream of the crop here, playing 10 SEC games. If you can go out there and prove yourself in 10 SEC games, you can – hey, you, there's pretty much nothing else they can say. David? Uh, Eric, you know, a lot of the other conferences have already pushed to the spring, and, and the idea there is that they'd play two seasons in one year. As the player and, and as you guys, you know, talking about these things, how would you feel like you and, and your teammates would feel about the concept of playing two seasons in one calendar year as a backup plan if you're not able to play this season? I believe um, I believe that playing that one season is is the best Playing that um, that 10 games, just pushing it back. I feel well, everything's I feel like it's left up to left up to medical experts they know the most about what's going on and what's safe for us um, that's all coach Pruitt has harped on that coach Pruitt Geronimo coach Dr. Clink everyone has harped on they're not going to just put us out there if it's not safe so just trusting in them and knowing that they're going to do the right thing no matter what that's just where my head is now we'll go to Patrick and then Vince Eric you you've talked a little bit about some of the new guys but uh Ty Chandler is going into his senior year. Have you seen any change in his approach? Is there a different hunger for him knowing this is his last season or is he kind of just kind of going about things the way he, he kind of normally always does? Well, you know, it's, you know, it's different when it's a little last year, you want to go out with a bang. So he's definitely been working hard, working harder, just trying to improve his game, just trying to show 
the next level that he's prepared for, just doing different things to make sure that his game is all around complete. So when this 10 games is over, those scouts can watch that film and say, hey, this is a guy we need on our team. And that's really how he's taking the approach to it. He's really trying to be more professional about his game and just making sure everything is complete. So when that day comes, he's ready to go. Eric, a lot of the the coaches, I'm sure, are talking to you every day about making those right decisions to make sure you guys stay safe and have a season. How much player peer accountability is there in your team to make sure guys are doing the right thing, watchdog, and and not making those bad decisions that, that can put all this in jeopardy? We definitely have to do that. You mean the coaches can say it all they want, but they're not there when we leave the facility. And you have some guys that live with each other, some guys that stay with each other, go over there all the time. And that's what we have to do. We ultimately have to be, this is the season where we have to have the most leaders that we've ever had or everything's going to go to waste. All our hard work is going to go to waste if we don't. Everyone has to watch over their brother, have to have a little neighborhood watch on the team for everyone to just make sure that everyone's doing the right thing, wearing their masks when they're out, not going out to parties, not putting themselves in jeopardy for for each other, because you got to ultimately look out for your look out for your teammates. You don't want to go out and jeopardize yourself and jeopardize the rest of your teammates. All right, last question. We'll go to Trey Wallace. Eric, uh, we kind of touched on a second ago when it came to capacity, you know, at Needland Stadium, but it's going to be very different for you guys when you go on the road and potentially you guys maybe don't have to go to a silent count or you can switch things up when it comes to being able to actually understand what plays are being called and and not have to worry about noise how big of a factor is that for you maybe you haven't experienced something like that since high school uh but it's going to be very different going into a hundred thousand seat stadiums and not really having to worry about crowd noise that's definitely that's definitely going to be better for us going on the road so when you like you said when you're listening for plays and jg's back there or trying to call plays you can actually hear now you're not you're not listening like what's going on, what's the play, different things like that. But I think that's definitely going to be to our advantage, um, being able to, just like you're playing at home, I don't think home field advantage is going to be a big It's going to be a big deal this year. Everyone's going to have an even playing field, and the best teams is just going to have to go out there and win. All right. Thank you, Eric. We appreciate it. Thanks, Eric. That was Tennessee sophomore running back Eric Gray, a guy who certainly a lot of people are expecting big things from this season, so good to hear from him. Had a lot of interesting things to say there. And as promised, we got one more to wrap this up. We're going to go to uh, one of the smartest players, I would say, in all of college football, Tennessee sixth-year senior center, Brandon Kennedy, senior center. Try saying that about ten times fast. Anyways, this is a kid who probably could say that ten times fast because he already has one bachelor's degree, two master's degrees, and is working on his third master's degree, which he's on track to receive in December. And a guy who got his sixth season of eligibility from the NCAA and a guy who Tennessee was happy to welcome back for that. So uh, let's hear from one of the smarter guys around. Let's go to, uh, and not just a smart guy, a good football player too, but let's go hear from him right now. Here's Tennessee senior center, Brandon Kennedy. Hey, Brandon, can you hear me? How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Hey, Brandon, good. Good to talk to you. All right, man. So playing, I don't have to tell you, playing collegiate football is, is tough enough, but having to deal with the pandemic, everything you guys have been through, fighting through that and now into practice, what has that been like for you student athletes? I think it's been exciting and challenging at the same time. But I also think the medical experts and the coaching staff have done a great job of, you know, educating us about how to social distance and different guidelines for when we're outside of the facility as well as in the facility and at practice. You know, they've gotten things and protocols for us to be safe. So it's been exciting, but it's also been challenging at the same time because of the new normal. We'll go to Brent Hubs. Brandon, can you talk just a little bit about the, the thought process and playing? We're seeing a lot of guys around the country opt out. You've obviously had some injuries, and you, you, you're long in the tooth in your college career. Can you just talk about kind of your personal thought process with the, the, the summer and then going into fall camp and, and playing this year? Yeah, so me personally, I'm all in. You know, like I'm, I'm ready to play, and I feel like I've worked hard for this uh, senior year, coming back for the sixth year. and. You know, I'm all in. We know the risk and we know the challenges, but we're also we've been educated and, and they do a great job of helping us, you know, because, you know, about you know four or five months ago, we didn't know too much about it. But now that we get gather more information, 
every day, you know, our medical staff has just done a great job. Let's go to David Pascal from Chattanooga Times and then followed by David Ubbin. Hey, Brandon, uh, this pandemic, especially this past spring, gave us all time to kind of chill and, and reflect. What has it been like just this experience? How much, I mean, could you ever imagine, you know, experiencing two national championship teams, a transfer, a season ending injury? Could you have ever imagined all that you've been through when you were coming out of high school? No, looking back, I couldn't imagine. I mean, to think that I would go through all that and to be here now is very unprecedented times. And, you know, like I said earlier, it's been challenging, but it's also been exciting. I mean, a lot of this stuff, you know, you can't say has happened before. So, you know, it's been great. And I've just been taking it all in strides. David Elvin? Uh, Brandon, what, what are the conversations like uh, within the team of sort of understanding that life has to look different from you guys? And, and what is that um, uh, sort of conversation within the players about what you guys have to do to be able to maintain that look like? Um, so when we first got back, you know, there was a lot of questions as to, you know, how we would do things and uh, things like that. But as we got kind of into it, you know, guys got more comfortable. And I think I think we're at a point now where we're able to um, know what the protocol is, know the guidelines, and we're able to follow it. And so it kind of allows us to kind of continue on like normal, but we have different um, like protocols that we follow as far as social distancing and things like that, wearing masks in, in public and in practice and things like that. Let's go to Mike Wilson, followed by Patrick Brown. Yeah, Brandon, um, what, I think you might have talked about this back around the Gator Bowl, but what went into your decision to come back for a sixth year? Why is that something you wanted to do? And then second question, uh, what have you guys said to, to Cade Mays this week to kind of encourage him and keep his head up? I mean, so to answer your first question, I think me coming back, the opportunity to play another year, I mean, as we talked about earlier, you know, I had season-ending injuries. So just being able to come back, play another year, get more film on tape, and also help um, the team be successful. I think that's what really went into it. And also the opportunity to get another degree. I'll be graduating in December. So that was kind of what went into that. And, you know, I'm excited and I'm glad I did, not looking back. And then as far as Cade, you know, Cade's a great guy. He's worked hard. But, you know, the decision's not up to us, but we fully support him in everything um, that he does and um, his decision. So we're happy for him and we're here working with him. Patrick? Hey, hey, Brandon, you've uh, you've been in, in two big programs now for, for two and three years. Just how much have you had to change just your, your basic routine uh, this year uh, in terms of, you know, having to show you know, at the complex with masks on, having to adjust how you, you follow the protocols and even going to uh, to classes online, how much of an adjustment for your routine has that been? Um, Not too much because um, in the spring, most of my classes were online. So it's not as big of an adjustment for me. But I mean, the biggest thing that I focus on this off season is recovering and taking care of my body. So I feel like I've taken that to another level and to the next step. This off season, I feel like Geronimo and the training staff, they've done a great job of giving me a routine and things to be able to recover from practice and keep my body in tip-top shape. Let's go to Vince Ferrar, followed by Trey Wallace. Hey, Brandon, two things. One, what do you think about playing an SEC schedule, um, even though I know you guys are typically just thinking one game at a time? And then also talk about some of those other young offensive linemen around you. How do you think they've developed either – body technique, anything like that? Yeah, so to answer your first question, I, I believe it's it's been kind of what, – what was, what was part of the first question? The, uh, the SEC-only schedule that you guys will, will have this year, even though I know you're probably just thinking one game at a time. How, when you think about that, how cool would that be to, to play SEC-only? Yeah, I mean, it's very exciting. Just from, you know, not knowing if we play in, like, April to now actually having, a you know, a schedule and – and things like that. I think it's very exciting. Um, we, you know, we'd love to play and we're ready to play as a team. And we've been working hard this off season with the new protocol and everything. And just even having the opportunity to play is big and, you know, we're ready to go. So we're excited about it. And what about your young offensive linemen, your, their development? Yeah, the young offensive linemen, they, they came in, they worked hard. You know, guys like uh, Spragans, James Robinson, guys like that, they came in and worked hard. I'm always watching film with them, and um, just before this, I was watching film with some of the younger guys, just kind of going over practice tape and 
kind of getting them used to like the fundamentals and uh, different things that we work on in practice and just kind of help them along. And they've been, they've been working out good. Trey? Brandon, good afternoon, buddy. What has your relationship been like uh, this offseason? And, and you had an opportunity to, to play with him last year with Jared Garantano. It's always big to have that center quarterback relationship. So can you talk about that a little bit, how you guys have been working together this offseason leading up to uh, fall camp? Yeah, well, me and Jared, we have a great relationship. We've worked hard this offseason. I know uh, we watched a lot of film together in the spring of uh, just different opponents and things we uh, could improve on last year. And, you know, along with him and also the other quarterbacks, we just started kind of watching more film and just trying to see, like, what we can improve on as far as whether it's communication or technique or anything like that, snaps, anything. So that's kind of that's kind of working with him and the others. Let's go to Blake Topmeyer. Hey, Brandon. Uh, you know, last week when uh, some other conferences canceled their their seasons, the Big Ten, the Pac-12, some others, what was that like as a player to see that unfold? And, and what were your thoughts, you know, as you were waiting to see what Tennessee and the SEC were going to do? Well, yeah, just, you know, seeing that, I mean, the first reaction was kind of sad for those guys in the conference. But, I mean, I know – that the, that the commissioner and um, people around our conference will make the best decision for us um, possible. And, you know, we're excited whether we play or we're not, we, we want to play. We'll go to Luis Fernandez, followed by Dan Harrelson. Hey, Brandon. Uh, so much of this offseason seems to revolve around player agency and player power. Um, when you look at the Pac 12 and the Big Ten, you look at just last week with all the players. Uh, saying they want to play, what happened in Mississippi this year. As someone who's been in college football for so long, do you feel like players have more power and more ability than ever before? Well, I mean, answer your question, I feel like, you know, the players have a voice and, and it's great, you know, for players to kind of speak up now. And I think the times in the past four or five months with all the things that's happened, it's kind of allowed, um, you know, players to use their voice in a positive way. And I feel like, you know, they're doing a good job with it. So that's how I would answer that. Dan? Hey, Brandon, you mentioned uh, another degree. I believe you have a master's degree in sports psychology. Are you working on another one past that? And have you thought about maybe what you may do with that uh, life after football? Yeah, so life after football, I want to go into uh, sports psychology. So I want to become like a licensed sports psychologist and I have to work with an NFL or college team just to kind of give back and help athletes. But yeah, to answer your um, the, uh, first question, it, I, I'm working on an um, ag leadership degree right now. So within that, we're talking about different servant leadership principles and how to communicate and kind of get guys uh, and kind of bring guys along. So that's been helping a lot with me as an older guy and having to, you know, deal with a lot of younger guys and kind of help them along. So I feel like it served me well. Let's go to Austin Price, followed by Gustavo. Brandon, talk to me about uh, JT Shrout. How, how much has he grown over the last year? A guy that was kind of, you know, at the bottom of the depth chart, you know, at this point a year ago to a guy that, you know, I think the coaches feel like is a serviceable guy that can step in and make plays now. Where have you seen him grow and kind of what's that relationship like with him? Yeah, I think as far as all the quarterbacks and him uh, him too, um, as far as mental processing, I think that has went through the roof, especially with this time off. I mean, Guys have been able to watch more film and things like that. And so with him and all the other quarterbacks in the room, I feel like we have a lot more depth and also experience because a lot of guys played last year. So I feel like it served him well. Gustavo? Uh, Brandon, I know how senior games can be very special. And this year is going to be against Florida as the last game of the season at Nila. You know, have you thought about, you know, how the – I know that – we don't know who's going to have, but, but did you thought about your senior game against Florida in Neyland Stadium, how special it can be? Yeah, I think that would be real special, you know, being able to be in that atmosphere and play one last time in Neyland Stadium. I think it would be very exciting and, you know, hopefully we'll be able to have fans or whatnot. But, you know, if we don't, I'll still be excited. Just being able to play one last time is very special to me in Neyland Stadium. And does it change is against like the Florida Gators since you know the Florida Gators have been a rival and you know it's the biggest rival of Tennessee. I mean, yeah, most definitely you have a little more, but I mean this this year we since we have all AC schedule, we gotta approach every game the same. You know, every game is almost NFL like. So 
you have to be able to come with your A game every game this uh, season. Time for a couple more. We'll go to David Ubbin and then Patrick Brown. Uh, Brandon, when you guys were not inside the program for those three months when you were shut down, what were some of the biggest challenges that, that you had to deal with or some of your teammates had to deal with during that time? I think the biggest challenge is finding ways to work out. So we had to be creative. And I think um, AJ and the strength staff, they've done a good job of sending us um, home videos every day of how to work out. They sent us bands um, in the mail and we got, so they were able to create us a program to kind of move us forward working along at home. I think that was the biggest thing. And also another challenge that we had to overcome was Zoom meetings. So at first it was kind of weird because we never did it before. So Zoom means we, we have um, like team meetings on Zoom and we also had like position meetings. So I think that was kind of a challenge at first, but we kind of got used to it after we figured out how to work it and we were able to watch film with the coach and it almost felt like, you know, we were in a room because we were able to do the same thing we would if we were um, on campus. Patrick? Brandon, uh, you guys obviously have a, a pretty experienced offensive line, a lot of guys back. I know you guys probably eager to get the get the pads on and start hitting some people. But what's just been the, the attitude and the mindset for, for this offensive line the first uh, couple of days of practice? And, and what are you guys trying to accomplish then? And, and how much do you think this group kind of uh, would you guys work on and focus on during some of the OTAs and the walkthroughs that you guys had before you started practice? I think our biggest thing that we focused on was probably fundamentals. I mean, so, you know, this year we're incorporating a lot, new, a lot of new things. So I think fundamentals was the biggest thing. And then um, things that we kind of improve upon from last season, I kind of talked about a long time ago, but just communication and being able to get everyone on the same page, that's kind of the things that we were focusing on. And so if we can improve upon those things, I think we'll be great. Is that some new schemes that you're talking about or, or new, what are some of the new things you mentioned? Just like new techniques and like looking, as we watched the film last year, we kind of figured out like some new ways to do things to kind of help us better ourselves and also help the team and offense. So. I think, I think, you know, now that we included that, I think that'll make us even better as an offensive line. Last question, Blake Topmeyer. Yeah, Brandon, you mentioned earlier, um, you know, hopefully fans will be there for, for these games. You guys fuel so much off off the fans. I mean, have you thought about that, what it's going to be like to play a season? They're, they're talking right now about 25% capacity at Neyland. Um, I mean, how different is that going to be for the players with a stadium only being 25% full? Yeah, I think that'll be an interesting dynamic for us and it'll be something new. But I think the main thing and the biggest overall thing is just being able to play. You know, like like I said, um, we all want to play and we're all in. But, you know, it'll be interesting. So it'll be something we have to adjust to. But, I mean, regardless, we're going to go out there and give it all for Tennessee. All right. Thanks, BK. We appreciate you. Well. That was Tennessee senior center Brandon Kennedy. As always, bringing the knowledge, he tends to do that. Brandon, or BK, as a lot of the guys call him, is a sharp guy and a good player and a guy who Tennessee was fortunate to get back for this season. A guy who, right there in the middle of that line, uh, is capable of being a really good player and a guy who certainly, you know, mentally, intellectually can handle anything you throw at him and a guy who's good to have kind of as an anchor there up front. So there's some experience there. There's a lot of talent up there up front for Tennessee uh, and a lot of guys uh, who really uh, should go out there and have a pretty good year. So we'll we'll see. There's a proof in the pudding, as they say, but there is plenty of talent there with or without Mays. And I still think there's a chance that they do get Mays after the appeal. But uh, regardless, there's some good players up front there and Brandon Kennedy is one of them, and I think that'll just about wrap us up for this episode. I think that'll think that'll get us there. We're a little bit over time anyway. That's okay, because we had some interviews that we wanted to bring you, and I'm happy that we were able to do that. Thanks for listening, guys. You can find all of us on Twitter. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P Brown 24-7 on Twitter. Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. And Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. If you want just Tennessee news on your on your Twitter feed, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash govals 24-7. You'll see no uh, corgi pictures and other things from me. You'll see none of Grant Ramey's photoshops, none of Pat Brown's discussion on Liverpool or, you know, basically just bragging on Liverpool. I would too if I were him. But you don't have to get that there. You don't have to listen to Ryan Callahan's stuff either. You can just get Tennessee News if you want that at twitter.com slash govals247 or you can go to facebook.com slash govals247, uh, which is a really good page. Lots of stuff on there. Not just Tennessee stuff on there. 
also some some preds and some grizzlies and some national news when it's interesting and some sec news but but primarily tennessee news you can get right there at facebook.com slash go 24 7 or you can go directly to the source for that delicious east tennessee mountain spring water right from the tap at go 247.com got a 10-year anniversary sale going on right now 50 percent off of an annual subscription tons of good stuff there and if you're already a member and you pay us full price that means that you get free access to CBS All Access, which is CBS's streaming platform. Uh, if you've watched everything on all the other streaming services, why not go check out CBS's? There's tons of good stuff on there. Right now, you can watch the Champions League final uh, between PSG and Bayern Munich. You can watch all of the uh, all of the other games that have been cataloged this year. You can watch all the the Euro. Uh, the Europa League stuff, you can watch the Champions League stuff, all of that coming next year uh, for the next few years, actually, on our streaming platform there at CBS. You can also get everything in the CBS catalog, every show, uh, commercial-free, new movies come in every month. Uh, also stuff from the uh, Smithsonian catalog, from Comedy Central, from uh, BET, from Nickelodeon, all kinds of good stuff in there. And if you pay us full price at GoBalls 24-7, which is less than one cheap lunch per month, you get free access in perpetuity to CBS All Access. That's a pretty good deal. That's $100 plus annual value we are putting right there in your pocket. If nothing else, guys, you should hear from us on Sunday. Uh, we'll play some stuff from Jeremy Pruitt that we got in a podcast uh, for the interview, and then we will uh, come back Monday with a regular episode with uh, some of the guys talking Tennessee football as they march on to the September 26th season opener against South Carolina. Uh, hope you guys are having a good weekend. Hope it's still a good weekend. Hope you're uh, enjoying the time with the family, relaxing all that, and we'll see you soon. See you. Okay. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road, any road, the steeper the better. Because my all new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.